Hello, here we are in the studio. I'm Stephen Fernley, and in the studio with me is Naomi Jansen. Hello, everybody. And uh, on the on the line to well, what is the name of that beach, Laurie? Laurie Kazan. I'm in Redondo Beach, which is uh, in Los Angeles. So welcome, Laurie. This is our fourth week. Thank you. Yes, it's been happy a- to be here. And um, I was just thinking, um, you know, we're. I love doing this kind of work because it's about shining light, whether it be shining light into some of my own shadows or helping others shine light. And you're a very shiny person, Laurie Kazan. And you've got a very shiny Aww. you've got a very shiny book. And I must I must admit the last this is the our fourth time we've been together talking. Um I'm I've really, really enjoyed um, our collaboration for this over this last month. It's been terrific. Yeah. And thank you so much. Oh, thank you. Yes, I've enjoyed it too. So um, Yeah, it's been really fun. And I wanted to make sure that our listeners were aware that um, to continue journeying with you, with your special offerings, uh, there are links in order to be able to connect with you in, on, the, on the guide page. Uh, and they're, they're going to be there basically all month or for the, the next week. And then uh, after that, Lori, we're going to put a link for you in our guide gallery. And that's going to have mm-hmm. a link so that people can get uh, onto your newsletter, can get your one-minute prosperity meditations, which are free. And then also um, your book, which is called um, Happiness Calls Your Name. That's a great title. And so, Lori, yes, it's happiness. Wait, it's happiness calls your name. Channeled one-minute meditations to rewire your brain. Ooh, yeah, delicious! And it's such a great <laughs> book. It's so beautiful because, like as we mentioned before, uh, you're actually a writer. You know, as well as being um, a psychic and um, and and a, a wise counsel, you're also really great at explaining how you do it and connecting. And you've got a beautiful poetic um, sense. And actually, there are poems in the book. Mm-hmm. So, um, and and people will be able to have links to to download that book. So, um, talk a little bit about your inspiration for that book and and how it came into being. Well, uh, how the book came into being, it was a book that just wanted to be. I was telling you, I think, in one of our sessions, was telling you about how so often people come to me for a psychic reading, but they the people that come are often troubled. You don't have to be troubled to come for a reading. You can come because you want information, because you want to know more about your spiritual path or whatever. But often people are in in a place where they feel like they're closed off, they're stuck, or they can't, they feel like depressed, anxious, or that how do I get what I want? How do I get where I want to be in life? It's any of those kinds of things. And as I was telling you, I don't know, at some point, people, um, so how did that spark the book? It was, um, maybe I have to do a do-over on this, because one of the things that sparked the book was what I did for myself. And so I felt like if it worked for me, it could work for any anyone, mm-hmm. including yeah. my clients who said that, no, this or that wasn't possible for them. Mm-hmm. And when Naomi first met me and her in her Hollywood days, um, I had been in a place where I'd been injured and I couldn't work. I had injured my wrists. I didn't know what I would do. And it was a very low point in my life. And I decided to use the techniques, which I capsulized in the book. 
I decided that I couldn't continue the way I was going. And so I started using those techniques to create more prosperity in my life and to really turn a lot of things around. So when I hear clients, you know, we're all good at having those negative voices in our heads. And then we can convince other people like, hey, you know that negative voice in my head that says I'm this or I'm that or I'll never be this or that. We can convince other people. You know, we can believe it so strongly that that I can convince you of my limits. And um, I didn't want to live that way anymore. Mm. And I found that when I started to, you know, use the techniques I channeled, so to speak, or learned or uh, put together, um, it changed things for me. And, and it took a while, but it worked. And I'd seen it work for other people. Mm-hmm. So the impetus for the book, I like to make psychic things very usable. That's my whole I'm helping a a friend of ours who's a psychologist edit. I'm doing some editing on her book because my my gift is being able to take a complicated thing and say, well, wait a minute, how can I use that? How is it going to change a person's life? Mm. So for me, the the I started doing the one minute meditations because a I'm lazy, (laughs) b (laughs) you know, and that's a judgment I realize, but. You know, we, we did this book, um, an artist who helped create, um, who did the design and the cover, and we wanted it to be, and this is my desire, I like things to be so easy. I think my original title for it, oh, what was my original title? It was something like, How to Lose 10 Pounds, Impress All Your Friends, Be Happier Than Anyone Without Actually Having to Get Out of Bed. <laughs> because that's sort of my goal you know to have like as little effort as possible and get the most out of it and i realized that doesn't sound like a high spiritual ideal but so you know to me and maybe it's also the capricorn in me that wants if people have to be able to use something meditation is fabulous but if nobody does it it doesn't work for them Hmm. and so i created these one minute meditations for the, for the low attention span, but also to know that if you do something even for a second, even if somebody turns on One Mind Live and listens to half a tapping mm-hmm. or, you know, just begins to kind of like eke into it, just setting the intention for yourself to start doing something. And then in my case, finding something easy enough that I could say, well, if I could do that lying in bed. And um, so that was the impetus for the book the design, everything about it was to have uh, something, we tried to make it so beautiful that it would be like a little diamond or emerald that you would have in your possession. And even if you didn't open it, it would be shining out this sort of healing vibe. I love that. I love how you said, even if you keep it on your bedside table and never open it, it still has the power it's still there emanating. How much do I love hearing that? Because I've yeah. got books on my bedside table that I thoroughly intend to read and yeah. been sitting there for six months to think that they're healing me and well, helping me I, without. I think I might be also being a fellow Capricorn, Laurie. I'm just thinking I kind of like the idea that a book can leak itself into my subconscious <laughs> while I'm asleep at night. Well, Edgar Casey yeah. and you, Laurie, are um, the, an accredited by the Edgar Casey uh-huh. Foundation as a psychic. And Edgar Casey used to he was known as the sleeping prophet one of one of the many uh names that he was known as because he could fall asleep on a stack of books and wake up and have absorbed and be able to recall everything in the books okay radio 
and I knew some some people in Los Angeles who were his um, biographers that worked with his son Hugh, and um, when they were the first ones to actually go into the archives and read absolutely everything and make a book. Oh. Their book is called Edgar Casey, an American Prophet. Oh, you know the Kirkpatrick? Yes. Do you know them? Yeah, I know them too. Oh, wow. they're they incredible. They've They've taken over. They're they're now the editors of Venture Inward for the Association for Research and wow. Enlightenment. And they they really yeah. Their child went they, to school with my stepson. That's how I met them. Went to the Waldorf, oh how funny Waldorf and they school. met because they met because she was teaching at the school and uh, he had written a biography of Jeffrey Dahmer and you know who ate people. So mm. she encouraged him to go the Casey route. Mm -hmm. And that truly changed his life. Oh yeah, absolutely. I went to the books. I went to the uh, the, the book launch in Pasadena. Oh wow! So it all kind of ties. <laughs> I love that book. I still yeah. It, it that book really impacted You're... me. I thought about it for a long time afterwards. It was it it um, presented a lot of really interesting ideas. In fact, I got in, in, involved in a search for God uh, meetings foundation meeting. Uh huh. In Pasadena for a while, and that was actually oh, the first time I ever formally meditated. Wow, oh, well done. And um, and I think I had an experience, the Kundalini energy oh, yeah. thing, and I didn't know what it was, and it shot. It kind of surprised me. Yeah, it was a bit of a, bit of a shock. shock. Not sure what's going it kind of scared me yeah, because it's, it's, it was all of a sudden it shot up my back. And it could through. actually hurt. It didn't actually hurt. It just freaked me out because yeah, yeah. I thought my it was this like bolt of electric color f mm. shooting up my mm. from my spine, exploding in my head. Yeah, that's it. And I just, <laughs> I just like jerked out of the meditation and went, blah, what was that? Anyway, so, the, <laughs> so yeah, so the case thing all ties in. But anyway, didn't mean to kind of go off on a no, um, that's a tangent. That, no, you can never, you look, Edgar Casey is never the wrong way to go. <laughs> I've never seen anybody who could read like Edgar Casey. Mm -hmm. Although Casey said that we all could do this. That's what the search for God study groups were about and that if you wanted to be more psychic be more spiritual mm -hmm. and the psychic would come as an offshoot uh, don't try mm. to pursue the psychic to be more powerful over someone i i see lately in fact one of my own uh somebody that was a student of mine i people are putting out stuff i'll teach you to see auras and then you'll it's almost like you'll have control over somebody mm. i don't experience it that way mm. you know i think it's an inside job and I, I wish I could do what Casey did, which was sleep on top of a, with your head on a book and then know what was in it the next day. I know, because that's going to be the only way I'll ever read Tolstoy. <laughs> oh, Tolstoy's, Tolstoy's good. Tolstoy's I, not a hard one. I knew I'd spark you I need on that to one. read The Odyssey. I'm still trying to get through The Odyssey. I read The Odyssey when I was 12. Oh, my God. Well, no, I've read The Odyssey. I've yeah. done that one. Well, I read The Odyssey because it had already been made into a tele, uh, like a TV miniseries. Oh, okay. That I watched right, yeah. when I was yeah. about 10 or 8. Oh, or and something. I'd sleep on some James Joyce as well. James Joyce, yeah. I like, because he writes like abstract filmmaking. I know, I know, but I just, whoa. So I'm definitely going to try lying on books. So here's what just occurred to me. So here's what I think lying on books is. I just got a little download. Yeah. The idea of lying on a book and absorbing it is like it's like um, you open a more direct channel by being by approaching it indirectly, and I'm thinking about how um, there there was that instruction: if you want to see things that we don't normally see, that maybe children and animals see, like spirit or something in the sky, look at it with a soft eye. Mm. So mm -hmm. the idea is you don't 
look directly at it and try to focus because it's not quite in this dimension. You have to see these things out of the corner of your eye. Mm -hmm. So I just had this sort of um, sense that the, the lying on a book and, asleep, and sleeping and, and absorbing it, if, if, if indeed we can all do that, maybe it's the same kind of a thing. It's sort of like step up next to it. Don't reach straight into it. Okay. Does that make sense? It makes sense. So you kind of approach yeah. it in that soft way, yes. Yeah. And I, th I think with that also, it's like accepting what our talents are. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean you can't expand your talent. What is it? Malcolm Gladwell says if you spend 10,000 hours at something, that's when you become really good. So maybe mm -hmm. you can take on things and become good at it. But it's also like I may never be able to, to do what Casey did, sleep on a book and and know that, but I have other talents. Well, he was you hit know, by lightning. Intuition's so. going to use me. <laughs> yeah. Or was Casey hit I, by I lightning? I didn't remember the lightning. I remember he's, he'd had some really bad thing. Well, one of the things they said that Casey, uh, Sidney Kirkpatrick says this in that book, mm -hmm. that, in a, that it came through that in a past life, Casey had been buried alive. Yeah. And that is the life in which he really became all, you know, like he brought into the next life, this ultra psychic self. Mm -hmm. And what it said to me was that the pain that we go through is not for nothing. Yeah. And like, mm -hmm. I'm claustrophobic. So the idea of being buried alive has been a lifelong I really don't want that to happen <laughs> issue. Yeah. yeah. Please, please, can I just have the learning without the experience, please? On that yeah. <laughs> no, no, none of that closed in. But it's like, what would you put up with if you said, uh, hey, by the way, that painful thing you went through, it, it crushed something, but it opened something else. Mm. And we see that I certainly, my own psychic stuff, I had started having a lot more experiences during a really difficult time in my life where you know, my vision started to change. And um, so for all of us, if we're going through something dark or whatever, it's not necessarily for no purpose, even mm -hmm. if you can't see it at the moment. I and one last, that. one last thing about that, I think it was from the also that Sidney Kirkpatrick bio of Casey, where he talks about and I don't know the story, uh, like I know it energetically, but I'll try to recreate it briefly that Casey was arrested and they were all his wife and his secretary. They were arrested, I think in New York or somewhere for fortune telling. And there were very religious people. They were very good people. Mm -hmm. So the idea of being arrested and their pictures being in the paper was humiliating. It was a real low point in their lives. Mm -hmm. And Casey did a reading on it when they got back to Virginia Beach or wherever they were living. And the reading said something like, this is going to, it's going to be noted in the annals. Like, this is clear. You're going to be able to, um, what was it? Something to the effect of, it will be a record for other people to see. Mm -hmm. But in a positive way, where you've moved from this place. Mm -hmm. I forget how Sydney, I'd have to go back and look at the book. Mm -hmm. But this idea that the worst time in their lives, 20 years forward, was going to be something they could refer to and literally prove that it had happened mm -hmm. and con you know and contrast it with something miraculous well that's that's how i feel about the depression that i went through mm. yeah. i mean my the first line of my book my my forthcoming book but and Lori, by the way i totally resonate with that idea of the um 
wanting it to be easy. My book is called Tap Out of Depression, Even When You Barely Care Enough to Try. (laughs) (laughs) You've got me sold. That's the title for me. Well, that was my angle because when I, that's how I felt when I was depressed. And, um, and so sometimes the, the, yeah. and quite often, actually, uh, and maybe even all the time, you have to go somewhere um, really uh, painful to reach deep enough for the resources that you have to bring yourself to the heights. So, um, and on that note, it's time for us to jump I over, know, it looks look like. That. Yeah, okay. Well, Laurie, we'll have, we'll have to get you back um, in One oh, Mind Live. This has been such a pleasure. But we're not done. We still have the tapping and our and your meditation um, for our for our members. And so uh, let's hop over and jump in. Great. Thank you, Laurie. See you on the other side, guys. Great. <laughs> 